0: Hey everyone, you're listening to Spark, where we amplify the voices of the Middle East startup, tech, and innovation ecosystem. I'm your host, Shireen, and along with our guests, we share with you expert insights on the latest and most relevant news. Our goal is to help you easily digest trending topics and be better equipped to know what to make of it all. In today's episode, I sit down with Noor Salama, who is the ecosystem community manager at Magnet, which is MENA's largest startup data platform. Together, we discuss the state of diversity amongst VC-backed companies in terms of ethnicity, gender, and education. And we dig a little deeper into the benefits of having diverse teams. Nur also highlights investment activity amongst startups in the first half of 2020. And without further ado, let's jump straight to it. I'm delighted to have the wonderfully lively Noor Salama join us on the show today. Noor literally works at the heart of the startup ecosystem in the Middle East. She is the ecosystem community manager at MENA's largest startup data platform. Noor has also worked at Egypt's largest venture capital fund. Welcome to the show, Noor. How's it going? Hi, Shirin. Thank you for having me. Honored to be here. As you know, this is a new platform. So I thank you very much for being an early guinea pig in our entrepreneurial experiment, let's say. Thanks for having me. Given your professional experience, if you have to paint a picture of the Middle East startup scene, maybe let's pick on founders to make things a little easier. What would that scene look like in terms of ethnicity, gender, and academic background?
1: Okay, so that's obviously a really important question because the kinds of founders that we have also really relates to the kinds of startups that they build. Um, And here I'm going to ask you to make one small distinction. When you talk about founders, are you talking about funded founders or are you talking about just founders in general?
0: Founders in general, whether they're funded or not.
1: Okay. So depending on where you are, the MENA region has 17 countries. Obviously, Magnet spends a lot of time tracking um, venture investments in, in startups across the region. And so we get to dive in a little bit into like founder backgrounds, into um, where they come from. Maybe we don't really do gender. Uh, we don't really do ethnicity, but we do gender um, and educational background. So from my experience, anecdotal and backed by data, I think we found that it is a largely male space. Your, your typical founder, contrary to the imagination that we have, is not this like crazy engineer fresh out of college, but rather is like particularly more experienced commercial founder. Obviously, there are so many exceptions and there are amazing female founders, there are amazing young founders, there are amazing technical founders. But if I had to say the majority of founders seem to have graduated from very similar schools, done very similar MBAs, and those are the entrepreneurs that we're seeing raising funding across the region. There's a lot of difference. So, for example, your home country, Bahrain, is one of the best for female founders. Actually, I think the percentage there is 31, which if I'm not mistaken, is actually higher than Silicon Valley. Um, and then in one of my home countries, Egypt is actually trailing behind um, in terms of how many female founders that we have. So we're seeing a typically older, typically male typically commercially minded founder. And that seems to have formed sort of the backbone of the startup ecosystem.
0: Why do you think it is the way it is? Do you want my politically correct answer? (laughs) i like your honest answer. Okay.
1: So I feel like a huge part of the problem, and I think it is a problem. I think a lack of representation is absolutely an issue. I think part of the problem comes from the 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 risk aversion right so i think that going into tech entrepreneurship in particular starting a company um is quite a risky endeavor especially because people are leaving potentially more stable jobs in banks in consultancies in engineering companies you know they they have other jobs and so i think that we're a lot more likely to kind of encourage that move maybe from like earlier earlier ages uh i think we're more comfortable with men taking risk than women why that is. I think we can trace it back. I think it's definitely more of a nurture question than a nature question, but the problem starts much earlier. And then finally, and I really don't think we can discount this, but you can't really emulate what you don't see and what you don't see often. If we had more success stories and there was more visibility of female entrepreneurs, I think that we would be seeing more um we would be a little bit more comfortable with it and then ultimately there is the the other side of the table
0: so who is funding these entrepreneurs it's also almost exclusively men so if we look at hub 71 as an example which is a startup hub and yes. although i was so pleased to see that they've recently appointed a female ceo and an Emirati local female CEO to that matter as well. I was very happy to see that. Um, not sure if you know this, but actually, the DIFC FinTech Hive team is an all-woman team as well.
1: No, I know. That's why you're a super team. <laughs> <laughs> and while we have women in government positions and women that are in power in some of these governments, that is not translating down to. The level of entrepreneurship.
0: So it's funny you mentioned that. I've seen a discrepancy amongst the various programs that we run and maybe I can share. Every single accelerator program we've run has been predominantly men. Though each of the three years that we operated it, we had at least one woman founder or co-founder, it is still majority men. That's actually very
1: exceptional, especially because the industries where we see females getting founded, women getting founded, are typically not your your big-ticket industries, right? You're not seeing women get funded um, in transport. You're not seeing women get funded in like IT, SaaS solutions. You're seeing women get funded a little bit in ed tech, but also in fashion, luxury, um, events, beauty, that side of the spectrum. Very interesting.
0: Let's um, switch gears a little bit, Noor, and focus on diversity from an ethnicity point of view. You particularly mentioned the the Black Lives Matter movement. Do you think that that is going to have a trickling effect here in the Middle East? So that's a really good question, because I don't think
1: race is at the forefront of my mind as somebody who works in MENA. Um, I would actually say something potentially a little bit controversial, which is that I think that class is our race. Perhaps not in the UAE, where race is more of a, more, is more clear as a component. But in, in economies like, um, Egypt, Saudi Arabia, Jordan, where you don't have a lot of expats, you, you have fewer kind of racial differentiators. But having said that, I actually cannot think of a single black, funded black founder at the moment. And I don't know whether that's because I haven't done my homework or because
0: So they don't necessarily need to be black or dark skin or, you know, kind of differentiated based on skin, but even ethnicity in terms of nationality and where they come from. I think here in the Middle East, people very much pick on where you're from and may potentially hire you or not hire you simply based on that. And there's this bit of stigma where, you know, you'd find most of the coders and developers come from South Asia. Whereas the commercial men you referred to earlier, who would be the founders, would be the Arabs from Mina. Yeah,
1: I mean, if I think about nationality of founders, I I would actually um, potentially say that the majority might be Lebanese. The UAE has the largest concentration of later stage companies um, in the Middle East, North Africa. The reason I say this is because we just released our H1 report. um, And you can actually download the snapshot for free on Magnet. But what that H1 report does is something very, very interesting it's what has happened to the entrepreneurship ecosystem against the background of covid-19 in h1 2020 the expectation is obviously that with everything terrible that happened in terms of like economic recession and people getting laid off and getting furloughed and dips in revenue that we would we could expect to see that happening within the entrepreneurship space actually quite the, with the exception of lebanon that is facing a whole host of other issues what we saw was that in H1 um, 2020, we're already at 95% of all investment in 2019. So if 600-odd 600 600 million were invested in uh, all of 2019, we've almost reached that amount halfway through the year. And that's not necessarily a good sign. That, that's because we're seeing a shift from investor focus to later stage companies. Later stage companies happen to be concentrated in Dubai why are they concentrated in Dubai? Because it's made it, or not Dubai, but the United Arab Emirates is because they've made it very, very appealing to come and set up shop here. Um, and so you'll find that funded entrepreneurs from Egypt and Jordan and Lebanon, Dubai makes sense to come and incorporate, even if you're not necessarily scaling here, but operating out of here is easier for a lot of people than operating from other kind of markets.
0: Let's pick on Dubai, because that's that's where the large number of funded startups, like you mentioned, are as it becomes the UAE, let's say. All right. As it becomes more and more, let's call it the tech capital of MENA. Do you think that we would need to ensure better diversity amongst young companies in order to from early on, stop the biases that have otherwise appeared in places like Silicon Valley.
1: So when I did the number crunching, I did it for Women's Day, right? So like beginning of March. And so when we crunched those numbers, there were some benchmarks. So I was benchmarking against like global averages. And in a lot of areas, we were actually doing
0: much better. Noor, whose responsibility do you think it is to ensure that the workplace is diverse? So I don't know about responsibility.
1: But I do know that from a pure, pure for-profit perspective, you gain more from having a diverse team with a diverse skill set that bring different things to the table than you do by not having, by having a homogenous team that all looks the same and all thinks the same. I I recently read something, and I will share this with you. That from a from a funded uh, founder perspective, teams with with more equal representation of like people, whether they're women, whether it's racial, um, whether it's age, whether it's skill, end up being more sustainable. Um, profitable businesses with unit economics that make sense over a longer period. I think we have a problem in tech, particularly with bro culture. We've based a lot of our VC models, and I think we've based a lot of our like entrepreneurship culture around the Mecca of Silicon Valley. And um, Silicon Valley had a lot of crises in terms of gender.
0: Very interesting. Very recently, Trump had banned the issuance of new work visas for non-Americans, at least until the end of 2020. And that caused a big uproar, of course, amongst the big tech companies, Google, Amazon, Facebook, Apple, and so on. And that's because, believe it or not, three quarters, so about 75% of their employees are non-Americans. Do you think that now that they can't move to America, they'd look at other tech hubs, maybe the Middle East? Or
1: win, honestly, I really think so. If we start seeing a real talent exodus from from the United States, I don't think that... Um, first of all, I think this talent is going to be in exceptionally high demand. And I think that MENA, as well as Europe, as well as Southeast Asia can only stand to gain.
0: Do you think it would be wise for founders to publish diversity reports on behalf of their companies the way some founders or even large corporations produce sustainability reports?
1: Your founder has a lot of things to worry about. And hiring t- a tag on female hire, whatever hire, is probably not at the top of the list. Startups are not a one man show um, behind every fantastic founder are a lot of people, a lot of them women, that are making magic happen, that are building something, that are doing work worth doing day in, day out. At later stages, investors are no longer investing in a founder. They're investing in a team. That team needs to have skills that complement each other. You want people whose skills and temperaments complement yours and cover each other's blind spots,
0: right? That's what makes a cool team. I think that coverage of women empowerment is a hot topic for media in the Middle East to cover. And let me give you an example of why I say so. FinTech Hive last year launched a women's only empowerment program called Accelerate Her. The press release for that gained more traction and coverage than the press releases for anything else you'd done. <laughs> And the feedback from the women was absolutely fantastic. And we're going to do it again this year, though. Stay tuned for that. Nur, thank you very much for your time. I think we've had a really tough but important chat. We hope for international listeners, they now know a little bit more about diversity here.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Shereen, and like always having these super important conversations. I'm very grateful as your friend, and I'm very grateful as a woman working in tech in the region.
0: Thank you very much. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Thanks for tuning in today. If you were inspired by our discussion, I invite you to become a patron of Spark for as little as the equivalent of a cup of coffee each month. Through your support, we'll be able to continue to produce fresh new content on a regular basis. As a thank you, we'll provide you with exclusive additional content. Visit buymeacoffee.com slash to make a one-time or monthly contribution. Also, don't forget to subscribe to future episodes on your podcast listening platform of choice. And whilst you're there, leave a review and rate our show so that other aspiring innovators can find it. To find a summary of our discussion today and links to our guests, access our show notes by visiting our website, sparkwithshereen.com. If you don't want to miss out on future announcements, subscribe to our newsletter or follow us on LinkedIn and Instagram at sparkwithshereen. Before you go, I'd like to let you know that we love hearing from our listeners. If you have any comments or suggestions for future episodes, including guest or topic recommendations, drop us a message through our website or social platforms. If you didn't have a pen or paper handy to write all this down, don't worry. We've gone ahead and added all these links in the episode description. All you have to do is scroll down and click when you have a moment. As always, thank you for listening and see you next time.